Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Insanely Criminal Podcast. I'm Gem. I'm Ali. And we do know what day it is. <laughs> it is Saturday. It is. <laughs> what did we do this week, Ali? Um, <laughs> next question. Um, we, we did nothing. We worked quite a bit. We did a lot of work this week. Uh... That's about it. Uh, Screaming into pillows with frustration. Oh, I haven't done that this week. Oh, haven't you? I watched Perks of Being a Wallflower twice in one day. Oh, well, that is productive. I watched it twice in one day yesterday. And then I watched The Imitation Game. I watched... What have I watched this week? Absolutely nothing. Well, I nearly finished season four of Criminal Minds. Oh, yeah. Ali's been binging Criminal Minds this lockdown. Oh, I've watched WandaVision. That's it. I've watched watched nearly four seasons now in three weeks. I mean, that is dedication because they are pretty long. They're like 40 minutes each and then each season is like 20 or 25 episodes long. So. Oh, I watched old 90 Day Fiance last night. Oh. It's always funny. (laughs) I just wonder what would possess people to go on it. And it is just like reality TV, human trafficking. What? I mean, look at the dark side of it. <laughs> it's people from America going to other countries, usually poor parts of the world, bringing these people over. If anyone's into 90 Day Fiance like I am, the new one, there's this guy who lives on a farm with his mum and dad. They're not allowed to share a bed. Uh, it's very, uh, very odd. Oh. And she's come from Russia... And they've just basically got her working on the farm. It's oh very human God. trafficking. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so uh, maybe I should just do a spin-off podcast, My Night and Day Fiance. Oh, you know, we did say, Ali again uh, said that we were going to do these bonus episodes if I was watching films. Yeah. Someone did say we should do one or two a month and we should watch like a murder or crime-related film. Oh, my God, can we watch Knives Out? Knives Out. Can you watch Knives Out? I've seen Knives Out. I have as well. But it's I just like playing Cluedo. Yeah, but and it was always obvious who the killer was. Was it? Yeah, it was always obvious what happened in that, wasn't it? No. Oh, maybe I'm just. Uh... I changed my mind like every ten minutes. Or did I? I don't remember. It was a long time ago when I watched it. Actually, I didn't expect it. I think I did. Who was in it? I don't even remember. There was um, Chris Evans. Oh, yes. Uh, exactly. It's like, who else was there's in Jade, there? There's Jaden Martell. Yes, because I know who that is. Because he's from It, and he's the reason I actually Isn't watched Isn't he it. the Nazi? Is there a Nazi kid in it, or is that a different film? I don't... Isn't he into, like, Nazi stuff with Knives Out? I don't know. He's very odd. He just like sits in the I think, corner. I think he's into Nazi stuff. I don't know if I'm right. We'll, we'll fact check it after. I'm not letting anybody know. Uh, what other films could we watch? I quite like uh, Prisoners. Hot Fuzz would be a good one. <laughs> yeah, great crime film. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've watched Hot Fuzz mm. and Shaun of the Dead. Uh... I did do a podcast once, one episode, with my friend Mike, who does listen. And all we did was talk about Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz. But they are amazing films. And anyone mm-hmm. who says they're not, 
it's just wrong. We don't we don't respect your opinion. <clears throat> well, you can't say we don't respect their opinion. <laughs> no, we we don't ex- accept the slander. Okay, we well that, that's Ali's view. Yeah. Ali's a bit mouthier than me. It should be a universal view. Well, which one do you prefer though, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz? Shaun of the Dead. Oh, see, I don't know. Because I always say, oh, it's definitely Shaun of the Dead. But then I watch Hot Fuzz and I think I laugh more in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Because of the Andes. Mm-hmm. And raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have to watch them again. Hot Fuzz was actually on this morning. Was it? This morning? Yeah, it was on this morning on Sky. I didn't watch it because my brother was there. I can't think of any crime films. Oh, I've got lots. Lots. There's lots of films that are criminal, like Shrek. (laughs) That was on again today. We spoke about Shrek last week. It was on again today. Oh my god. (laughs) I think it was on ITV. (laughs) On Amazon Prime, a weird, like, hour film about the mall's murder that keeps coming up. So watch it. It just keeps coming up constantly. They might play a little drama boy in the background. Oh, God. If it's the one I've watched years and years ago where they played little drama boy. It's just got, like, their faces on it with, like, a white background. It's just the Wall's murder's really big in the middle. I think it's because we share the Amazon, like, Prime Mm -hmm. TV account. So whatever I've been watching is going to be recommended for you. (laughs) But I don't use it that much. There's never anything on it that catches my eye. No, I watched the Imitation Game on it last night. I oh, yeah. being awful because well, it's not on Netflix anymore. Imitation Game is good. I think I watched mm-hmm. that on a plane. I cried at the end. It was... It, it kind of broke me. Well, it's a very sad story. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they killed him. After everything he did for the country. Mm-hmm. Then they killed him. For being gay. Yeah. Welcome to the UK. Wasn't even that long ago. So, we're in the UK this week, too, with our case. Oh. We are in the UK. Local? Uh, no, but it is the place where the crossbow cannibal was from. We're back in West Yorkshire, guys. Wow. We are back. <laughs> is it West Yorkshire? I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, we're back in Dewsbury. <laughs> is that West Yorkshire? I yeah, I think know. it is. I don't have much <clears throat> knowledge of... <sighs> Yorkshire. Yorkshire. I like Yorkshire. It's very nice. Never been. It's very nice. Have you never been that far east? No. Oh. I've been like northwest. The Lake District. Yeah. That's the furthest up north I've been. Oh, the furthest up north I've been is Edinburgh. And that's it. Is Edinburgh the one that's not far from the border or the one that's higher up? I don't know. No, Edinburgh's like, it's like a little, there's like a little uh, bit like that, isn't there? Triangly bit. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's in like in the Indians. <laughs> I don't even know. And then there's one closer to the English border. <clears throat> Is there? Yeah. What's that one? I'm guessing it's Glasgow. No, it's not. Glasgow's like opposite to Edinburgh. Oh, it'll be Edinburgh then. I don't even know. It's not that close. Are you thinking of Gretna Green? No, not the people run away to get married. Why do people run away to get married? People go there to get married. They elope. They're betrothed. Oh, gross! (laughs) But yeah, they do. (laughs) So, should we kick it off? 
Yeah, let's crack on. Let's crack on. With the kidnapping of Shannon Matthews. Oh. Ali, have you heard about this? Or have you just heard me talking about it? No. Well, you were very young well, when it happened. she was <laughs> nine years old. Yes, because you're reading the notes. I was last seen. <laughs> no! <laughs> let's keep it quiet. <laughs> okay, so Shannon Matthews was nine. Ali, well wow. done. And she was last seen at ten past three on February the 19th, 2008 outside of Westmore Junior School in Dewsbury Moor after she had been swimming in Dewsbury Swimming Centre. So I think it was like swimming lessons. Oh, mm-hmm. I miss being in school. Oh, I love doing swim lessons. Oh, you, They'd like open the taxi day. doors and everyone would sprint in trying to get the lockers. Taxi? I went on a coach. No, we went on like two little taxis. Oh, we went on And they'd on like open coach. the doors and be like, right, go slowly. And then we'd all like sprint in. Yeah, I think I fell going down the steps a few times, actually. With my soup after swimming. Your soup? Everyone else got, like, fizzy drink. I was like, I'll just have a, a minestrone soup. <laughs> just to warm me up. A minestrone soup. So back then, I was still very much an old lady. <laughs> so it was the end of the school day, and no doubt Shannon would be excited to go home and relax. Her home was only half a mile away from her school. However, Shannon never made it home that day. And by 6.48pm, her mother, Karen Matthews, decided to report her missing to the police. She said she had not returned from school on the police phone call. West Yorkshire police wasted no time in looking for Shannon. She was a young girl, potentially alone outside on a cold February evening. And over 200 officers subsequently joined the search. So, the police phone call. I won't play it for you, Ali, I know you don't like it. (laughs) but the police phone call she's not even like panicked i would be panic attack mode frantic (laughs) my kids missing my kids missing (laughs) i was just like hi my my kids yeah my my daughter hasn't come home from school it's all very like matter of fact Mm. and yeah So by the end of that evening, there was still no sign of Shannon and her disappearance had upset the entire community where she lived. So where she lived was kind of like, like on a council estate, like much bigger than where we live. It was Mm -hmm. huge. The investigation was led by Detective Superintendent Andy Brennan and he instructed officers to question motorists and search houses. By this time, They had questioned 1,500 motorists and searched 3,000 houses. Still, no sign of Shannon could be found. It was then March the 5th, and there were over 250 officers and 60 detectives involved in the case, which works out at around 10% of the West Yorkshire Police Force. So that's quite a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Quite a lot. So if you listened to our episode the other week, um, where we spoke a little bit about the crossbow cannibal, just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Didn't do a whole episode. (laughs) Had a little chit chat about him. No, but we mentioned the Yorkshire Ripper in that. And again, if you've watched Ripper or you know anything about the Yorkshire Ripper, 
you probably may have some grasp of how large this investigation was because it was the biggest investigation after the Yorkshire Ripper mm -hmm. in Yorkshire. So it was pretty, pretty big. Sorry if you can hear our cat who's decided <laughs> to annihilate me. Uh, so for a time, it was permanently on the UK national news about Shannon. <clears throat> like you would turn the TV on and it was Shannon Matthews' mum and it was constantly on, like non-stop. So as well as talking about Shannon and, you know, people would be wondering what her mum was going through, people were also drawn back to the disappearance of Madeleine McCann because yeah, I think... it wouldn't have been a lot after it would have it yeah I think it was like a year not even a year after it yeah so that it was nearly came like 2006 up. 2007 2007 I think Madeleine McCann yeah um you were a baby I know she was born the same month as me was she I would so not so we might know. share a star sign oh wow <laughs> that's really insensitive <laughs> she wanted to do uh Madeleine McCann's uh do you want to do a reading? Yeah. <laughs> See what her um her moon signs are. Well. And her Neptune Venus signs are. Do a whole whole birth chart. Oh, that is insensitive. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, just in case anyone, anyone was wondering, I will never cover Madeline McCann. Not because I'm a nasty piece of work, but I just think it's so overdone. What do you think? Yeah, I watched like the first episode of that Netflix thing they did like, a year ago. It was so boring. It was. It was really boring. And it sounds really nasty to say it was boring. Yeah. But it was so boring. It, it didn't really need, dragged. It didn't need that many episodes. Mm -hmm. I watched like an episode and a half and I paid zero attention. I remember when that happened, that day I went to like a mother and baby group with Ali. <laughs> I hated going to them, but... um. I was a loner. <laughs> so I went and everyone was like, oh, her poor parents and me. I was like, why her poor parents? They were having tapas while they left yeah. their kid in a room. Well, that's what you do on holiday. I was like, who does that on holiday? You wouldn't go, sorry, I know that you're like a literal toddler and you haven't existed for more than like a decade, but I'm going to go and have some tapas now. I'm going to leave you here in this foreign country. <laughs> By yourself, and I'll just see you later, yeah? I'm going to eat my tapas in some peace and effing quiet on this yeah. family holiday mm. <laughs> with my friends, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just... I mean, I don't think the parents had anything to do with it. Most people do. But, um... Oh, I'm just... Oh, it's just Madeleine McCann. It's just non-stop. And it came back in the news last year too. He's like, oh, we may have solved it. Yeah. And remember, I made but that joke. Didn't. I made the joke really at didn't. the start of the year. Like when COVID was going down, like all these people, like celebrities were dying and stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, the way this year's going, they're going to solve the Madeleine McCann case. <laughs> and a couple of months after it came up on my like BBC news, I was like, oh my God, I've cracked the case. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Madeleine McCann, also a very strange time in the UK. Uh, so Karen Matthews, Shannon's mum, appeared in a national television appeal where she wore a t-shirt that said, have you seen Shannon? 
and she clutched a teddy bear belonging to Shannon and she cried, pleading with the public that if they knew where Shannon was, just to bring her home. She says she cried herself to sleep, as did Shannon's stepdad, Craig. She also said that family did not feel safe anymore and, quote, whoever has got Shannon, just please let her go. Again, uh, you can watch this appeal on YouTube if anyone would like to. Uh, there is not really any, any emotion oh. <laughs> coming from Karen Matthews. So on March the 7th, West Yorkshire Police set up a web page for tips and appeals called Missing Shannon Matthews Appeal. And police also released the 999 call made by Karen on the day she disappeared. The now disgraced, in my opinion, Sun newspaper offered a reward of £20,000 for the safe return of Shannon, which was increased to 50000 by March 10th, which uh, is quite substantial, very substantial. So as with most disappearances, the police will often almost look at the family in question. They did focus their sights on Craig Meehan, which was Shannon's stepfather, who was 22 at the time. 22? Oh, God, what would you do with a 22-year-old at that age? 22-year-olds are so boring. <laughs> He's 22. That man would have been <clears throat> 13 when Shannon was born. Yeah, well, he's only her stepfather. I know, but it's... not it's, her real father. It's quite odd. Uh, yeah, um... Karen. Karen, sort your shit out. So, Aim however... Aim higher love. What? Aim higher love. <laughs> you won't be saying that by the end of it. <laughs> so, however, Karen went on National Breakfast Show, GMTV... What's GMTV? Well, it's basically the old Good Morning Britain. Without Piers Morgan? Thankfully, yes, it was without Piers oh, Morgan. Oh, thank God. So she went on this to dispute the claims that Craig had anything to do with Shannon's disappearance. She said, quote, he would not hurt anybody. Well, they all say that. Craig was also defended by Shannon's father, Leon Rose. Karen and Craig were were also interviewed on the BBC4 Today show on March the 12th. The interviewer asked seemingly crude things, such as asking if if it was true that Karen, that Craig had beat Karen, and also if it was true that Karen has seven children to five different men. Uh. I mean, to me, it's irrelevant uh, if mm. she has seven children to five different men. Uh, you do you. Um, I don't think that's got anything to do with anything, in my opinion. Mm -mm. I mean, if Craig beats her, then ask that question. But again, it would have nothing really to do with the disappearance, seemingly. No. It wouldn't. So the media also gave Karen a very hard time. So I remember briefly, uh, obviously it's not long after Madeleine McCann, so the media drew comparisons from like Karen Matthews to like Madeleine McCann's parents. Oh God. So the Independent said, quote, Kate and Jerry McCann had a lot. 
They were a couple of nice middle-class doctors on holiday in an upmarket resort. Karen Matthews is not elegant, nor is not eloquent, nor is elegant. Ew. It's like, why would you put that? You're like Kate and Jerry McCann. Oh yeah, they're nice doctors, middle class on holiday. They left their child in a room alone. Mm. They're not nice, obviously, are they? No, I would They're just a bit... Selfish. Yeah, a bit stupid. It's like me taking you and your brother on holiday and being like, I'm going to go out for some food, stay in this room, and I'll come back when I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be sounding like, what? (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Uh, So, again, like, it's the class thing I don't like. Mm, Just because they're doctors. Yeah, just because they're they're doctors. Yeah, and Karen Matthews lives on a council estate. We live on a council estate. Yeah. It doesn't look like a council estate, though. Oh, no, we live in a posh one. <laughs> yeah, it's not like like a council estate, you know? That's a bit classist, aren't I it? know. <laughs> that was... No, it's not. Um, so, if there's anyone American listening, uh, it's here, for you, it's called public housing, but the conditions possibly are worse... Uh, council housing here is generally quite nice. Yeah. Depending on where you live. In a mm-hmm. city, I would think, I don't know. Where we live in the countryside, yeah. it is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rent is cheap. Yeah, you wouldn't think that upon look and stuff that you think it's no a council estate compared to like other places that are shown. Yeah, like when you watch TV shows, um, yeah. they like make these gross TV shows about like uh, poverty. And it's like, and Lisa lives on a council estate with her two kids. Yeah, there's still a massive stigma in the UK if you live in a council house. Even now, like I remember when I was younger, I didn't. Well, I lived where we live now, <clears throat> but we owned, my parents owned a home. And then we lived, moved to like a cul-de-sac. Everyone else I knew lived on a council estate. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they were treated much differently than me, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wrong. <coughs> it's People still have the views now. So, to me, I don't really think it matters what your background is. If your child goes missing, yeah. it's got absolutely nothing to do with mm-hmm. it. Uh, where you're from, what you do, how many kids you have, whatever. It has nothing to do with it. And the media do like to draw on that, unfortunately. Because any child could go missing and it doesn't... Yeah, it's like if you or your brother went missing, they'd probably draw on the fact that I was a single mother in a council estate. Yeah. Before talking about you or your brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, that's the way it goes. So let's talk about the background of Karen Matthews. So Karen was said to have led a chaotic life. She was the product of a turbulent childhood who did not see much of her parents after the age of 16 when she left home. Karen was said to be easily led and would not see when people were taking advantage of her. Karen was also visited many times by social services after she had children often being told that she was neglecting the children, who were sometimes covered in dirt. She also did not buy nappies for the, for the children. Instead, she used pieces of curtains or even plastic bags. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's like, how, how are you allowed to keep these kids? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> don't think that really 
Yeah. Is legal. I don't think it is, but massively underfunded in the UK. So during the oh, so friends also close to Karen said that she would put like her love interest before her children. So if she had a boyfriend, the boyfriend would be everything and the kids would be absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Which How many I kids do she have? I think seven. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I hate that. Uh, I hate actually when people do that, it makes me sick. <laughs> um, so during the police search, police entered her home and saw squalor and filth. Like when they were looking for Shannon. Um, when she was asked how Shannon felt that day, she said she was jealous of her brother as he had just had a new computer from school. Friends who visited Karen in the hours after the disappearance also said it was business as usual at her home. She was laughing and joking and playing video games with Craig. Her friend Natalie also said that something just did not feel right. And I did say in the TV appeal that that Karen was holding a bear that was Shannon's in the appeal. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't Shannon's bear. Whose bear was it then? We don't know whose bear it was. It but was when, just a bear. Yeah, it was just a bear that she found upstairs. Um, when she brought it down, her friend was like, is that Shannon's bear? And she said, I don't know. It's like, how can you not? <laughs> so on March 14th, at around 12.30pm, police found Shannon Matthews, 24 days after she had gone missing. She was found in a flat in Lydgate Gardens, Batley Car. She was found concealed in the base of a divan bed. How can I explain a divan bed? So it's just like a rectangular box, usually with drawers Um, uh, or like slidey doors. Oh, like sunnies? Yeah, for you to like store things underneath. The tenant of the flat was then 39-year-old Michael Donovan. Michael Donovan was born Paul Drake and was the youngest of nine children. He grew up on an estate in Dewsbury. Donovan had a low IQ and had learning difficulties. He attended a special school and claims he was bullied there the entire time. He began getting into trouble from age 11 and his first offences were arson and shoplifting. All right. Start small. Yeah, build yourself up. Yeah, I mean... Bit of shoplifting first, and then maybe the arson in about five years. But first offences. <clears throat> At age sixteen, he was convicted of causing criminal damage. He ran away from home, and he never returned. He later married and had two children, but divorced his wife after he made claims she was violent towards him, and that she had a drug problem. Their children were later taken into care. It is alleged this is because Donovan made the girls watch him have sex with prostitutes. Well, that's fair that, that they were taking uh, care. That is fair. Uh, that is just, I cannot imagine how, oh, that would damage your they head. <laughs> seriously go through trauma after that. <laughs> Oh, God. And the rest. I would mm. probably need someone to pour bleach in my eyes and yeah. just... Oh, Blind I cannot, me. I cannot fathom. What goes through someone's mind when they're like, 
Oh, I've got my kids this weekend. I know, I'll bring a prostitute round and I'm going to make them watch me have sex with her. A little show. Dinner and a show. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, just 15 months before the kidnapping of Shannon, he had taken his own daughters to Blackpool after trying to get custody through the courts. He checked into a bed and breakfast under a false name. Police were alerted and he was arrested, but the case was dropped. What? I don't know. How huh? was it dropped? <laughs> oh Excuse me? <laughs> oh. And what also, uh, Michael Donovan is Craig Meehan's uncle. Who's Craig Craig Meehan, Meehan Shannon's stepfather. Oh, it's oh. Like a whole circle. <clears throat> oh, it's gonna get worse. So in the home, Shannon was found tethered to the bed, and also it would later be determined that Shannon had been drugged. Police also discovered a chilling set of rules that Shannon had to abide by, and this is what it said: You must not make any noise or bang your feet. You must not go near the window. You must not get anything or do anything without me being here. Keep the TV volume low, only up to eight or lower. You can play the Super Mario games and you can play some DVDs. And you can play the CD music. I-P-U. What's I-P-U? So I-P-U is thought to mean I promise you, which is something Karen would say when telling Shannon off. Like, I promise you, in that kind of tone, I'm guessing. I don't Why know. I'm not Karen Matthews. I don't know. I promise you, if you do not abide by these, I may get the hatchet out. I don't know if they had a hatchet. There is no hatchet in this this week. God's sake. Full disclosure. Keep d- disappointing everyone. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Thanks, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I am deceased. <laughs> He's always listening. <laughs> Thank you, Siri, my only friend. Don't go off again, though. So, yeah, that was the note under the bed. That is just... Ugh. So, after being found, police kept Shannon under police protection. And specially trained officers interviewed Shannon for weeks in 10-minute sessions in a special classroom-type suite. So Karen and Craig went to visit her at the police station, but they were not allowed any contact with Shannon, except from through two-way glass. And instead of protesting that she needed to see her daughter, Karen simply said, she's got new clothes. (laughs) Why couldn't she see her? Well, uh, I'm guessing because they probably thought that Karen had something to do with it. So she wasn't allowed to see her. So then she was... I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, I demand to see my child. I Mm -hmm. demand. But no, it was, oh, wow, she's got new clothes. We went on a little shopping spree. Like, Jesus, wep. So the news quickly got back to the estate that Shannon was from. And children began crying with joy. And everyone else had a party celebrating the news. Which, rightly so, I mean, she was nine. Uh, Apparently all of her friends in school were, like, really upset about it. Mm -hmm. And 
all of her teachers and everybody on the estate too. I mean, that's a child. Yeah, she's a part <clears throat> of their community. Yeah, exactly. I think especially on an estate like that where you, it is your community and I think everyone is so protective over each other that they would feel that amount of joy that she had been found. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what happened next, shall we? Shall we? Yeah. We shall. Okay, so Donovan was at first reluctant to talk. But then he told police that Karen had approached him, asking if she could help him look after Shannon. She would report her missing and they would share the money. The reward money reached £25,000 and she phoned Donovan saying she would be in contact when it reached £50,000. He said he was scared. Karen had threatened to send three men over to hurt him if he did not comply. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Donovan was arrested and charged with false imprisonment, kidnapping and acts intended to pervert the course of justice on the 17th of March 2008 and he was remanded in custody. What's remanded? He was kept in custody. (laughs) It's just fancy. Craig Meehan had nothing to do with the kidnapping, okay? Yeah. But he was arrested on April 2nd on suspicion of possessing indecent images of children. Oh. He was charged with 11 counts of this crime and he was sentenced to 20 weeks in prison, but he had already spent longer on remand, so he did not have to go to prison (laughs) uh, for looking at child pornography. Yeah, that's how it works here in the UK. That's how it works. That's just the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Uh, Karen was arrested on the 6th of April on suspicion of attempting to pervert the course of justice. She was also charged with child neglect on April the 8th. Karen was brought down after admitting to her friends that it was true. She did have something to do with it. Oh, At a hearing on September 5th, she was also charged with kidnapping and false imprisonment. The trial began in November 2008 and the court heard that Shannon had been drugged to subdue her whilst being held. She was also restrained with a strap tied to a roof beam. A toxicology report also showed that Shannon had been given temazepam for 20 months before her disappearance. What's temazepam? Uh, a drug. <laughs> uh, like what type? I did write down what it was, but I'm so tired. <laughs> um, yeah, Ali, people can hear that the cat is behind me. <laughs> no, you just leant back and I thought you could squish her. No. So imagine that, like drugging your kid for 20 months. 20 months. So to me, that says, that's a plan. That is yeah. a plan. I'm going to Google what it is now. because I plan. Literally wrote down what Tamazapan was. Oh, it's, yeah, like, it's for insomnia. That's where I thought it was, but I thought it's a painkiller. But no, that's something completely different. <laughs> so, was it a plan or because of the nature of the drug, 
was she just trying to make her go to sleep? I mean, who knows? Mm. It's uh, either way, don't drug your kids. Yeah, don't think that's a very good idea, oh, though. Not really. On November 27th, Karen took to the stand. She sobbed and denied having anything to do with the disappearance. She claimed Craig Meehan had told her to take the blame, and she did so because she was apparently scared of him. I don't think she was scared of Craig Meehan whatsoever. I mm. think uh, Craig Meehan, I genuinely think, even though he's a paedophile, whatever you want to call him, I do not think she would be scared of him, and I don't think he knew that this was even happening. No. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it's just my, my opinion. So, while being cross-examined, it became evident that she was lying because Karen had told police officers about five different stories about what had happened. So, I mean, if you can't get your story straight, you're probably a liar, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, both her and Donovan told conflicting stories and on December 4th, 2008, they were both found guilty of kidnapping and false imprisonment. And they were both sentenced to eight years in prison. Only eight. That blows my mind. It blows my mind. <clears throat> also, the reason Karen was taken down, I mean, she admitted to her friend, but her friend had told police, like, yeah, I'm going to get this information out of her and we are going to take her down. It was the friend who was, like, convinced something wasn't right. Oh, yeah. Good on her, wasn't it? Natalie. Yeah. There was a couple of them, though. Good on her, That Natalie. did bring her down. And there's a really good show. I think it was on ITV, possibly BBC, maybe even Channel 4, called The Moore Side. Um, and it's, like, a dramatisation of it. But it's so, so good. Sheridan Smith is in it, I think. Who's Sheridan Smith again? Uh, Gavin and Stacey, Smithy's sister. Oh, yeah. She's the in it. The one that does the dog, the dog grooming one. Oh, we're not talking about the dog grooming one. <laughs> Pitch <Peach> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's about that and it's very well made. And it focuses on how her friends did stop believing her over time because of the things like, well, she was laughing one minute in the house, then she went out to the press and was like, oh, bring my baby home. Don't know why I sounded like I was in The Godfather then, but... <laughs> so, Karen was released in 2012 after serving only half of her sentence. Why? Well, exactly why. She was given a new name to use in public, Although authorities deemed her mentally incapable of using a new identity, so she would just retain her identity. Karen is currently living in the south of England and is engaged to a convicted paedophile. The same the same one? No, it's a different one. Um. It's a different one. Um, so Shannon never ever went back home to the Moorside estate. Instead, she was placed in a foster home where she now lives with a new family and was given a new identity. It is thought that she had nightmares for a long time after the event and did need regular psychotherapy sessions, which is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, 
her grandparents wanted to like for like formally adopt her but authorities said no why i can't remember but i do remember there being like some kind of news that they wouldn't let her go there i think possibly in case karen tried to make contact yeah um but i also thought oh why couldn't she go with her father yeah but i don't know i think her and her father have remained in contact like they still see each other Mm -hmm. but it's just a horrible story like someone wanted to make money from their kid it's just crazy Absolutely crazy. It's like me saying the kids are gone missing. Oh, oh they're in the they're in the attic. <laughs> I know, I know but. the exact dress and po- the address and postcode, but oh, <laughs> bring them back. It is. It's just so horrible for Shannon. She will have to live with that. Like she was nine, she's gonna remember that forever. Mm. It wasn't like she was like two. Yeah, and she wouldn't have remembered it. Exactly, and. Karen Matthews is just a complete scumbag. Oh, only four years in prison. What an absolute melt. What a melt. So yeah, that's the case of Shannon Matthews. And her scumbag. Quote unquote mother. Next week, we might go a bit paranormally. Paranormally. Get it spooky. Bit spooks. Get the spooks in the building, even though we live in a spooky building. I think we should get some kind of ghost hunters come in this house. Oh, can we get um, <laughs> the people from Let's Be Unsolved, can we get Ryan and Shane to come here? No, thank come you. Come here from LA. In this economy? Yeah. In the global pandemic? They can, like, isolate. <laughs> <laughs> Living where we live is like isolating. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if Ryan and Shane had the opportunity to come to this house, I would not say no. Do you think they'd find some mad stuff here? I don't know. There was someone in my room last night. <laughs> That's a bit creepy. I know. There was someone in my room last night. So, when I first lie down in bed, I face the window, but then after a while I face the wall. And somebody was stood there and I just went, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I went under the cover and was like, just leave me alone. Went back and whoever it was had gone. It's uh, it's all fun and games in this house until you see a goddamn ghost at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. So we'll do some brainstorming about some films to watch and maybe we'll do a bonus episode. A good old body app. A good old body app. <laughs> in the party D. Oh, <laughs> an extra bonus. <laughs> bringing a you all seasoning on top. Bringing you all the bonus content you didn't ask for. <laughs> so, is that it? Yeah. Are we done? I'm gonna go and eat yeah. my Oreo bar. Very excited. How fun! Doing those so many textures for me. But. We will be back next week with some spooky shit. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.